Hey, what's up? Hey, friend, thanks for coming over tonight. It's a great night for a campfire. The fireflies are out in force this summer. They're so surreal, like God's little flying organic LEDs. Yeah, that's the bullfrogs down at the creek. They're out in force tonight after the nice summer shower we had today. I'm telling you, my friend, it's going to be a good one. Hey, you're listening to Guat Dog Rocks, God the World, and Other Things. I'm Kenny Price, your host. Our mission, advancing equilibrium in the midst of an agitated world. This is Season 7, Episode 145, titled Perseverance of the Saints. Nothing flashy about the title, but very, very, very timely. And you'll see here in just a minute. Subtitle, Plain Revelation Series, Chapter 14. Let's get right into it. Revelation Chapter 14. Then I looked, and there was the Lamb standing on Mount Zion, and with him were 144,000 who had had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. I heard a sound from heaven like the sound of cascading waters and like the rumbling of loud thunder. The sound I heard was like harpists playing on their harps. They sang a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and the elders, But no one could learn the song except the 144,000 who had been redeemed from the earth. These are the ones who have not defiled themselves with women since they remained virgins. These are the ones who follow the Lamb wherever He goes. They were redeemed from humanity as the first fruits for God and the Lamb. No lie was found in their mouths. They are blameless. Then I saw another angel flying high overhead with the eternal gospel to announce to the inhabitants of the earth to every nation, tribe, language, and people. He spoke with a loud voice, Fear God and give Him glory, because the hour of His judgment has come. Worship the one who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. And another angel, a second angel, followed him, saying, It has fallen. Babylon the great has fallen. She made all the nations drink the wine of her sexual immorality, which brings wrath. And another angel, a third angel, followed them and spoke with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and its image, and receives a mark on his forehead or on his hand, he will also drink the wine of God's wrath, which is poured full strength into the cup of his anger. He will be tormented with fire and sulfur in the sight of the holy angels and in the sight of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment will go up forever and ever. There is no rest, day or night, for those who worship the beast in its image, or anyone who receives the mark of its name. This calls for endurance from the saints, who keeps God's commands and their faith in Jesus. Then I heard a voice from heaven saying, Right, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, so they will rest from their labors, since their works follow them. Then I looked... And there was a white cloud, and one like the Son of Man was seated on the cloud with a golden crown on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand. Another angel came out of the temple, crying out in a loud voice to the one who was seated on the cloud, Use your sickle and reap, for the time to reap has come, since the harvest of the earth is ripe. So the one seated on the cloud swung his sickle over the earth, and the earth was harvested. Then another angel who also had a sharp sickle came out of the temple in heaven. Yet another angel who had authority over fire came from the altar and he called with a loud voice to the one who had the sharp sickle, use your sharp sickle and gather the clusters of grapes from the vineyard of the earth because its grapes have ripened. So the angel swung his sickle at the earth and gathered the grapes from the vineyard of the earth and he threw them into the great winepress of God's wrath. Then the press was trampled outside the city, and blood flowed out of the press up to the horses' bridles 
for about 180 miles. Boy, this is a timely word for us today. Just when you think you can't hear more garbage and more mental assault from the press and from the government and from the powers that be, it just keeps pouring and it just keeps pouring. But dear friend, in the midst of all of this, this clearly, if anything else, should let you know that the number one thing that you and I should have our minds on is developing a tenacity that results in perseverance of the saints. And the two verses we're going to focus on in this chapter, because there's so much here, but we're going to focus on verse 12 and verse 7. And the first thing I want to focus on actually is verse 12, where it says, Here is endurance of the saints. Here are those keeping the commands of God and the faith of Jesus. The first question I want us to ask is, who are we? Who are we? We've got to keep in mind who we are in the midst of these turbulent times. Verse 12 tells us that we are saints. Saints is defined as the holy ones, those who are consecrated, those who are set apart for God's service. Dear friend, it is absolutely important that in the midst of this difficult time that we establish and we drill down and we hold on to the fact of who we are. We're set apart for God's service. We're saints. We're holy ones. And The next question is, what do we do? What are we here to do? And verse 12 tells us that we are to persevere. At this point right now and going forward, the first thing on your mind should be the development of perseverance in Christ. And I'm going to give you some tips on how to do that. But the patience of the saints is not an idle state of inactivity, but one of calm and consistent service to God that is unshaken by storms of life. In the quakes, we don't crumble. We hang tough. We remain steadfast. We don't buckle under pressure. And dear friend, let me say this again, because this is very important, that we are to persevere. And what are we to do? We are to continue to do what God has commanded us to do. We are to hang tough. We are to remain steadfast. We're not to buckle, but we are to carry out the mission of God in the midst of these difficult times. We are living in very intense times where Satan is attempting the end zone blitz. Friend, it's clear if you can't see this, then you really need to stop for just a moment and analyze where your mind is because Satan is going for broke. And the question is, do we let him have his way with the lost souls of people? Do you realize, friend, that's what's really at stake here? The souls of men and women, boys and girls. Are we going to let Satan have his way and just suck all of these people down into an eternal hell that is destined for him and his angels? Of course not. Absolutely not. Until we draw our last breath on this earth, we cannot, we will not give up. And friend, we persevere in two specific ways, two basic things that we hang on to. The saints in verse 12 are characterized as those who keep two things, Number one, we keep the word. We're champions for God's word. The commandments of God. The commandments of God referring to the Old Testament law, the precepts, the ordinances of God. In simple terms, it means the word of God with an acute focus on man's response to the path God has established on which men should walk. The second characteristic of the saint 
is that they are the ones who keep the faith of Jesus. And the focus on the faith here is the faith that comes from Jesus. He is the source of the faith. We're to keep the faith. We're to be champions for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Galatians 1.23, in talking about the Apostle Paul, it says, They only heard the report, the man who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. What a testimony. The Apostle Paul, once one of the chief prosecutors against Christians, became the chief promoter of the gospel. That's our mission. We're to keep the faith. We're to keep God's word. The Apostle Paul, talking about himself at the end of his life, he said, The good strife I have striven, the course I have finished, the faith I have kept. Friend, keeping the faith in this world is much like hanging on to your favorite cup of hot coffee while driving down a washboard deer lease road. It's tough. It's hard. How do we do it? How do we persevere? How do we hang tough? In order to hang tough, we must respond in obedience to the commands that we see in verse 7. And they are commands. They're not suggestions. They're commandments. The first commandment is fear God. Number one, fear God. Don't fear death. We must develop a widescreen perspective of life where we become acutely aware that God is in the picture. Too many times the disclaimer across the screens of many of our lives reads, the following presentation has been modified to fit your television set, with God being edited out of the scene. Number two, glorify God. We are to glorify God. We're to seek God with our whole being. We're to have a joyful heart that speaks the word of praise to God. We're to sing. We're to meditate on God, who is our help. Commandment number three, worship God. That means to express by attitude and action one's allegiance to and regard for God. We need to bow down to God's authority over our lives and abdicate our rights to Him and give Him our total allegiance, both in attitude and action. Number four, we must embrace death. In verse 13, it talks about the reality of martyrdom. Friend, we must adopt the biblical view of death by martyrdom. It is not the end. It is the beginning. Can you imagine the tragic lives that people live that do not know Jesus Christ? The best they can ever hope for is happening right now. Dear friend, if you know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, the best that you can hope for is yet to come. And friend, one of the things I do as a mental exercise is I reflect on the things that I love about this life. And friend, we are to enjoy life. We are to love this life. God is the one who's the giver of breath, and we need to honor him with our lives. In doing so, I reflect on things that I love about this life, and I remember, hey, those are the things that are given by God. And guess what? They're just down payments on the wonderful things that are to come that we can't even comprehend, that we can't conceive. I'm a big fan of architecture. I'm a big fan of arts and crafts bungalow architecture. I'm a big fan of mid-century modern architecture. And dear friend, that though I can't own the green and green homes that are built in California by those people who are masters of the arts and crafts bungalow style, friend, one day I will have a mansion in heaven that's going to be arts and crafts bungalow style. I also will have a mansion in heaven that will be mid-century modern style. In a sense, I'm being a little facetious, but the bottom line is, all of the best that this world has to offer is just the down payment on the great and phenomenal things that await us in eternal glory with Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. The fifth way we hang tough is to remember the harvest. The harvest is coming. 
For those of us who know Jesus, the harvest means an eternal glory with Him. For those who don't know Jesus, it is going to be crushing an eternal death. So friend, the bottom line, such timely words on how we keep our head in the midst of such difficult times, we first of all remember who we are. We are saints of God. We remember what we're placed here to do. We're placed here to persevere. We can do that in two specific ways, by keeping the Word of God, walking in obedience to God's Word, and keeping the faith that comes from Jesus The way we do it is through following His commands. We fear God. We glorify God. We worship God. We embrace death. And we remember the harvest. I close with this, man's quest. Greece said, be wise, know yourself. Rome said, be strong, discipline yourself. Judaism says, be holy, conform yourself. Epicureanism says, be sensuous, enjoy yourself. Education says, be resourceful, expand yourself. Psychology says, be confident, fulfill yourself. Materialism says, be acquisitive, please yourself. Pride says, be superior, promote yourself. Asceticism says, be inferior, suppress yourself. Diplomacy says, be reasonable, control yourself. Communism says, be collective, secure yourself. Humanism says, be capable, trust yourself. Philanthropy says, be unselfish, give yourself. Friend, all of these are the systems of man. Christianity is not a system of human philosophy, nor a religious ritual, nor a code of moral ethics. It is the impartation of divine life through Jesus Christ. Here's what Jesus says. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's John 14, 6. Apart from the way, there is no going. Apart from the truth, there is no knowing. Apart from the life, there is no living. God says, be in Christ. Rest yourself. And with that, my friend, I bid you peace.